the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus said, let not your heart be agitated. Let not your heart be disturbed inside. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today we are continuing our study in a message titled Roadmap to Peace in John chapter 14. This is part two. God says there's going to be a your part and my part. It's not that God helps those who help themselves. No, 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 no. God helps those who trust in him. God helps those who do what he says in his word. See, that's what it is. It's not, oh, yeah, you got to do your part. So God's going to, you know, oh, I, I'm speaking my, my, my words of faith here. Saying, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with being obedient. And what does he say in verse 6 of Philippians 4? He says, be anxious for nothing. It's in a command sense in the original language. And it means don't be anxiety filled. Do not be anxiety filled. So it's like when the anxiety comes knocking on the door, how's it going? I want to agitate your soul. I want to rock your soul, baby. I want to come in with so much demolition of misery. I want to dump it all in your life. Okay, if you insist. No. He says, don't be anxiety filled. Don't let it in. He says, be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. Let these requests be known unto God. See, that's your job. Oh, man, I got all this misery sitting at my doorstep, and it all sitting right there. It wants to come in. It wants to rake me over the coals. But you know what, Lord? I'm going to hand all this over to you. I'm going to cast my cares upon you. I'm just going to hand it right over, Lord. You know, I'm going to just take that. Lord, I don't know what to do with this mess. I don't know how I'm going to do with these bills. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff that's going down right now, but I'm giving it all over to you. Then verse 7 happens. And then it says, then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will fill your heart and your mind. And notice it doesn't just fill your heart, it fills your mind too, because your mind's the one that's doing all that stuff, keeping you up at night. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, the agitation in my head, you know, it's in the agitation cycle. Oh, what am I going to do? All of these things. Okay, so here we were, me and my wife. My wife had our third little daughter, Mary. She was two months early. So she weighed four pounds. Now, That's like a cakewalk today because technology is so in tune with preemie babies now. But this is 33 years ago, okay? So the technology wasn't there. So when my wife wakes up from the C-section, she's never even seen her baby because they took her and moved her to a different hospital that they thought could better treat her at four pounds. So my wife wakes up, hasn't seen the baby, and she can't move because she's just coming out of a C-section. So for the next three days, all we're hearing from the doctors is a smorgasbord of misery. She's going to die. She's not going to make it. 
if by chance somehow she somehow survives this, we've had to pump so much oxygen into her because her lungs are not developed that she's going to be brain damaged. So no matter what, she's either going to be a complete vegetable or it's just nothing's going to work here. And so that's all we're getting for three days. But boy, we were just praying. We were waiting on the Lord because you just, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. I remember how encouraged I was when I went out to the lobby at one point at the hotel, I mean at the hotel, at the, at the hospital. And, and it's like all of a sudden, it's like I was teaching a home Bible study in Riverside. All these people from Riverside drove to Upland and I walked in the lobby. There's like 30 people there. Hey, we're praying for you. Man, we're just, I mean, no one could do anything, but there was prayers going to heaven. And it's like, I, all I can say is this, the word of God is true because it's like we had a peace inside of us that was beyond all understanding. And I just remember how I was just sitting there and, and, and we finally, by the end of the third day, she was digressing and digressing. She was getting worse. And I remember me and my wife with this total peace, we just said, well, Lord, we give her back to you. You gave her to us. We give her back to you. And we, we released her to the Lord. And, and it, how does a parent do that? How does that happen? It's like, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And all I can tell you was there was a great peace. But then the next morning happened. And the Lord totally healed her that night. And it's like that smorgasbord of misery that the doctors gave us. Not one thing happened. They said, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. It's like nothing happened except for a healthy baby. She was tiny. You could take one of these shoe boxes. You could put her in this shoe box. She was just, she like this big. I remember having a picture of my hand on her, just covered her whole body. I mean, it's just like, and, and it just, but God gave us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Only in the strength that God provides can we walk into a church filled with fear, and yet we could leave here today full of faith. Only in Jesus can you come into a place like this today trembling and leave here trusting. Only in him can we come in as a coward and leave ready to conquer. Yes, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be agitated. Let not your heart be disturbed inside. He went on to say, you believe in God, believe also in me. Yes, without question, Jesus is the cure for the troubled hearts. And now the prize. And it's not just for those original disciples 2,000 years ago, but it's for each and every one of you here today. Those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, and where he is going, we will go also. Oh, we get to go to the place that he prepares for us. Did you hear that? Earth is not our final destination. This is not it. This is not the end of the story. One day we will go with him to heaven. Yes, the cure for the troubled heart is the hope for our future. As Jesus gives us his roadmap to true peace. Know this, one day we're going to be with him in the presence of God. Yes, our home sweet home will be in the presence of the almighty God. So that means that some of you that are hoping, oh Lord, if I can just win the lottery, you know, just once. 
we'll buy the big house on the hill. Maybe you're thinking, man, we were, we're going to re- retire here soon. We're going to retire. And then we're getting out of this dump, California. We're going to move to some other state that's not just so sold out to all this weird thinking and everything. We're going to move to some place and we're going to cash out a house. It'll be our home sweet home. And the, we have all these dreams here. It's like, like this is where it's all going to end. We're trying to make our utopia right here. No, no, no. Our utopia is coming. We're going to see the creator of the universe face to face. We will dwell with him in heaven one day. Listen to the insights that are given to us here about heaven. First, we're told that there are many mansions or dwelling places. The actual Greek word there, it means dwelling places. Now, if you know the Lord, some have said, if you know who my God is, oh, it'll be mansions. Well, maybe it will be. Okay. But there's dwelling places, and we're going to have one. Each of us will have one. Notice heaven is not small. Heaven will be endless. No cramped living quarters like it is here in L.A. In fact, the Bible talks about the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, and that alone is a 1,500-square-mile cube. You know how big that is? Yes, heaven is going to be spacious. Second, heaven will be filled with unbelievable things that we can't even explain. The Apostle Paul got a little glimpse into heaven, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And after his little glimpse, his little sneak peek into heaven, all he could say was, there is not human words in the vocabulary to tell you the things that I've seen. I I can't even tell you. I, I can't even explain them. I can't describe them. And third, much beyond the first two, the real charm of heaven The Lord himself is there. We get to see the Lord himself. And speaking of heaven, this is what the Bible says. Just a little insight here, just a little tidbit. There's tons of little tidbits, but here's a little tidbit. Revelation 22.3 says, There'll be no longer any curse, no curses in heaven. And the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And his bondservants, that's us, we will serve him. And they will see who? The bondservants, us. We will see his face. And his name will be on our foreheads and there will be no longer any night or any day. There will be no need of light or a lamp and there's no need of the light of the sun because the Lord God himself will illuminate them and they will reign forever and ever. That's a long time. That's a long time. Then Jesus went on to say in verse four, you know the way that I'm going. You know the way. Could you imagine what they were thinking? Uh, what? Where? Uh, maybe they were all looking at each other like, yeah, Lord, that's deep. Yeah, yeah, we know the way. Yeah, got you covered on that. Until what? You know, maybe there was just a dead silence. Like they don't even know what to say until finally Thomas, poor Thomas gets, you know, racked up with the name Doubting Thomas. Hey, thank God that he asked a question here because he gave the unbelievable answer that opens up the whole door for all of us to know how to get to heaven. So Thomas mans up and he says in verse five, uh, excuse me, Lord, I don't have a clue how to get there. What he was saying was, Jesus, I'm lost. I don't know. I need a roadmap. You know, I don't have the new iPhone 11 Pro yet. You know, it's like I don't have the GPS on it yet. I, it hasn't come out. It's like I need to know the way. What way is it, Lord? Which caused Jesus to respond with one of the most important verses of the entire Bible. Every single Christian needs to commit this verse to memory, which brings up our second point. Let's read what Jesus said. He said, you want to know the way to heaven? 
You want to know how to get there? You want to know the roadmap? Here it is. I am the way. And the truth and the life. Now get this. No one comes to the Father but through me. Only one way. That's it. Know this. There is no other roadmap. There is no other way to heaven, period, other than the one Jesus lays out here for us. Sure, now, there's many that will say otherwise. There are people in religions that will tell us, oh, there's many roads to heaven. And isn't that what we like? Oh, we like the multiple choice. Just like you can go to Japan and go to the, you know, to the, to the temple of a thousand Buddhas. You know, which Buddha do you want to follow? And pick your choice. It's like, we like multiple choices. We want different options. We want to know which way we could go. We have all of these things. And, and so we have religions that will come in and just, which one do you like? You know, do you want to follow Jehovah's Witnesses? Oh, they believe in Jesus. Oh, sorry, wrong Jesus, because you believe Jesus, Michael the Archangel. Michael the Archangel never died on the cross for your sins. And... Oh, we can follow the Mormons because you, you read the Book of Mormon, you get the burning of the bosom. It's like, oh, sorry. They say Jesus is the spirit brother of Lucifer. Uh, wrong Jesus. Oh, maybe you can be a Muslim. Oh, man, the, the dominant religion in the world today. Oh, what about a Hindu or, or a Buddhist? You know, you just give you, what do you want to follow? What is your choice? And people will have all of these choices out there, but let it be known to all. The word of God spoken by Jesus Christ himself said that he is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. And nobody on planet earth is going to get to heaven outside of Jesus Christ. Listen, if we could get to heaven some other way, if you could go and be a Muslim, if you could go over here and be a Hindu, if you could, you know, if you would be a, if there's some other way, then Jesus Christ died needlessly on the cross. What did he die for? It's like if, if he died needlessly, if, if you can just go through some other way. Well, I'm a good person. I work at the food kitchen. You know, I'm good. And, and because of my goodness and I help others and, and I'm helping the homeless. And all. And look, if you can get to heaven that way, Jesus died for nothing. There was no reason he was bludgeoned to death. There was no reason why they put a crown of thorns on his head. There's no reason why his life was sucked out of him and nailed to a cross. And just who was Jesus again? Because this is everything. Who was Jesus? Well, he claimed to be God. He claimed to be the eternal creator who came to live in the flesh for one specific reason, to physically die for his creation. That is what makes it the money shot. Look what he says here in verse 7. He says, now if you had known me, you would have known my father. For now on, you know him and you have seen him. Uh, what? We know him and we've seen him? See, Jesus now is reasoning intellectually with his disciples. He says, don't you guys get it yet? They've been with him for three and a half years. Don't you guys get it? The reason that I've been able to make a blind man see. The reason I've been able to take a lame man born lame at birth and let him get up and walk and jump up and down. The reason that I was able to raise Lazarus from the dead, a man who had been dead and buried in a tomb for four days. The reason I was able to bring him back to life. The reason I've been able to forgive sin is because I am God in the flesh. 
Now, what's amazing here is not so much that Jesus was God in the flesh, because, I mean, who else can say to the wind and the storm, peace be still, and it just stops. So the amazing thing isn't so much that Jesus was God. The amazing thing is that the disciples didn't already figure that out. It was prophesied throughout the Old Testament that the Messiah is the Savior. And the Messiah, Savior, is God in the flesh. Listen to what God said 750 years earlier about his arrival in Isaiah 43.10. Because he already told us that, oh, the baby born to the virgin, oh, of course, is going to be who? It's going to be Emmanuel. God is with us. He already told us that a baby born, a, a child given, is going to be wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father. But he goes on in 43.10, and he says, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, and there'll be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. And that word in the Hebrew for Savior is the deliverer who was God. Now, there's many, you know, God raised up deliverers, right? Moses was a deliverer, helped the children of Israel get out of Egypt. And, you know, God used him as a spokesman as he brought all kinds of plagues upon Pharaoh. And so, you know, Moses is considered a deliverer. But, but the only Savior, though, is God because he is the deliverer who was God. That's why it says in Isaiah 45, 21, he says, who has announced this from old? Who has long since declared it? He says, is it not I, the Lord, and there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and savior, there is none except me. And he's gonna come and he's gonna set up a kingdom here on earth for a thousand years. And then after that, we're gonna go and be in heaven forever. But between him coming as the Messiah Savior and him setting up his kingdom here on earth at the end of the tribulation period, Isaiah 53 has to fit in there. And he was like a lamb that was led to the slaughter and he died for the sin of all humanity. So that had to happen first. And that's that's what he did when he came the first time. But God, you know, Jesus being God, you know, this threw everyone for a loop. Yet God claimed this phenomenon from the beginning, where God is one, but yet he's more than one. Way back in the book of Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, the Torah, the law of God, you know, the first five books of the Bible is, that's the Torah, that's the law of God. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And that there, he says in Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, I got something for you to hear. Hear this, the Lord, Yahweh, is God, Elohim. He's more than one. Yahweh is Elohim. That's a Hebrew sense of God is more than one. Then he says immediately after it, Yahweh, the Lord, is one. Uh, Excuse me, didn't you just say you're Elohim? Yes, but you're one. Yes. So you're more than one. Yes, but you're one. Yes. How does that work? We'll see when we get there. (laughs) It's like, but that's what he is. Somehow our little peanut brains cannot understand the infinite God and glad for that. Because if our peanut brains could understand the infinite God, how infinite would he really be? Jesus took all the religious leaders to school, as you remember, when we studied back in John chapter 8. It was during his debate with the Pharisees, they accused Jesus of being demon-possessed. Oh, you're healing these people through the power of Satan. Oh, really? They said that Jesus was not greater than their father, Abraham. We are serving Abraham. He is our father. He's the father of our faith. Oh, really? So Jesus said, well, you know, I knew Abraham. He longed to see my day and he saw it. It's like, "Uh, excuse me, when did Abraham see you? After Abraham died and went to heaven. They responded with, you've seen Abraham? 
You're not even 50 years old. Abraham was like 2,000 years ago. You've seen Abraham? Yes. And that's when Jesus laid it on the line. And this is what he said in John 8, 58. He says, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was born, I am. That's right. And he was quoting Exodus, you know, Exodus 3.14, where, where Moses was talking to God on the mountain of God, and he was talking to the burning bush, and the bush was talking to him. He says, well, who do I say sent me? I can't just say I was talking to some burning bush. They'll think I was smoking this bush. Okay, so come on. You know, it's like, who, what is your name? And God says, I am that I am. You tell them I am sent you. Now, when you're talking to Jehovah's Witnesses and you're proving to them that Jesus is not Michael, the archangel, but that he is God in the flesh, and you bring up this verse, he says, well, he was just saying, I'm Jesus, I, I, I am a man. Really? Then why did the religious leaders of the day, when he said that, why in the very next verse did they pick up stones to stone him? It was blasphemy to claim to be God, unless, of course, you were God, and that's what Jesus was. Yes, these people that Jesus was telling this to were Old Testament scholars. They were theologians. They knew the word of God, yet they rejected it. And now the disciples' minds, man, it's spinning right now, which brings up our final point, knowing him. Let's read again, picking up in verse eight now. Verse eight, because we just came off of, well, you know the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, it's like, and so now all of a sudden, John 15, uh, 14, 8, uh, Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. Just kind of peel back the windows of heaven there. Let us see the Father, and that is enough for us, or some of your Bibles say that will satisfy us. Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Wow. You would think after three and a half years that the disciples would really know who Jesus really was. But look at this revelation as Philip, being in a fog, steps up in verse 8 and says, what do you mean we've seen the Father? When have we seen God? That's when Jesus confirmed his true identity, as he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Remember, this was the last night that Jesus spent with his disciples before his crucifixion. It's the last supper. Just in a matter of a couple hours, he's going to be taken and, and wrongly accused and crucified. There was no more time to waste. The disciples need to get this now. They need to understand this earth-shattering revelation. It's what God has said all along. But now it's time for them to truly grab onto it. The Savior of the world is God himself. Hosea in the Old Testament, chapter 13, verse 4 says, Yet I have been the Lord your God since the land of Egypt, and you were not to know any God except for me, for there is no Savior besides me. And did the disciples get it? Yes, they totally got it. Do you remember how John, the apostle John, do you remember how he started this book? You go back to chapter one, verse one, what did he say? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh, and we beheld him as the only glorious one from the Lord. He says, we've seen him with our own eyes, he said in 1 John 1. He says, we know him, he is God. Jesus 
is God. Yes, Jesus is the world's roadmap to peace. He's the only one who can save humanity. He's the only one and the only way, and he's our only hope. But we must come to know him personally. Let me ask you today as we end, do you have the peace of God? Do you have God's peace in you? Do you have peace with God? Or do you need a touch from him right now? Understand, you are precious to him. But make no mistake about it, we must all come to him by faith. And when we do, listen to his promise. Drop down to verse 27 there. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. No more. Once you come to know me, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be filled with agitation. Let not your heart be disturbed. I will give you my peace. That's all the time we have for this message. But please continue to join us this week as we go through the Gospel of John in chapter 13 and 14. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.